Good day and welcome to a special episode of True Hope Cast, the official podcast of True Hope Canada. There has been a lot of confusion surrounding Bill C-47 and Health Canada's new legislative powers within the natural health industry. So today, VP of True Hope Canada, Mr. David Stephan and lawyer Sean Buckley are going to be setting the record straight when it comes to Bill C-47. Enjoy the show. Of Canadians do it every day, take some sort of natural health product. In fact, close to three quarters of us take vitamins. But some fear their access to supplements and minerals could be restricted if the Harper government passes Bill C 51. As Global's Al Sweeney explains, many wonder if government regulation is really the right remedy. People who take their vitamins, minerals, and health food supplements and take them seriously are now taking on the federal government telling the government to keep its hands off their health. We want natural health care. Hundreds rallied and marched in Toronto, in Edmonton, and Vancouver to fight federal legislation called Bill C-51 that would put new regulations on health supplements. An example of things like vitamin C, um, things like cod liver oil, uh, things that are, that are readily available in stores at the moment will become unavailable and available by prescription only. They say the government's bill is not clear, but fear that it would mean Canadians have to go to a doctor to get a prescription for vitamins and buy them at a drugstore. You know, digestive enzymes, um, sort of like parasite and yeast, like liver detox. Angela Chitali is a naturopathic doctor who probably wouldn't be able to write those prescriptions. She says the bill would restrict health supplements for a lot of people who rely on them. For preventative measures, for treatment measures, they all often fill in the gaps where, you know, a pharmaceutical may not be helping. And opponents of the legislation suspect there's another agenda going on. They say it could give drug companies control of a booming vitamin and supplement market worth around $2 billion a year. Federal Health Minister Tony Clement says his legislation is just trying to protect Canadians. He says it will weed out what he calls the bad guys in the industry and says other natural health products are going to thrive. But the people who rely on that industry say natural remedies have been working for hundreds and even thousands of years and don't need the government control. Al Sweeney, Global News, Toronto. Over 15 years ago, Canadians spoke out. Canadians established what they found acceptable and what wasn't acceptable in relation to freedom of choice when it came to your access to natural health products. The message was clear. In just about every major city across Canada, there were protests to say, we don't want your bill. We don't want these draconian measures applied to the natural health industry on products that are safe and effective, and in many instances, life-saving. Today, a very similar bill has passed. Slipped under the radar, if you will, back in June of this year. Many didn't even hear about it until now. Bill C-47. And today... The natural health industry is in tremendous risk of losing even more products. And when I say even more, there's already been substantial loss of products here in Canada over the past 15 years. In a small degree, 
incrementally in ways that the general public wouldn't be aware of it unless you yourself lost access to a product that you were personally taking. But we have lost thousands of products over the years. Today, we're going to be talking about Bill C-47. Welcome to TrueCast, episode 132, Bill C-47, setting the record straight. The reason for this podcast today is to establish that there's a lot of ambiguity around what this bill means in Canada. A lot of people are confused as to what Bill C-47 implies to the natural health industry, but as well as the whole self-care framework that Health Canada is bringing to the table, that they're moving forward with. Because it's not just about draconian measures on the natural health industry, it's also about cost recovery, raising the cost of products, making it financially unavailable to many Canadians that are struggling during an economic downturn. It's also talking about labeling requirements and basically making manufacturers like ourselves, True Hope, I've been with the company now for over 20 years, and we've been involved in these different battles and we've seen where it goes. And we're talking about changes that may have to be made to our labels that are not just simple. These are things that cost a lot of money. And when profit margins are down and the economy is down, companies are doing what they can to ensure that the products are still financially feasible for those who rely on them. So today we're going to be addressing some of the misconceptions, some of the confusion surrounding Bill C-47. I'm gonna play a video in just a moment here that is going to show some of that confusion. And this is not to highlight anybody um, in a negative way. This is just to show what's going on out in the marketplace right now, out in, in the Canadian populace as to the mixed messages about what Bill C-47 means for you. So I'm gonna share the video and then we're gonna bring Sean Buckley on again. He's been on a number of our podcasts before. If you've missed those before, he's a constitutional lawyer. He has been involved in the natural health industry in a sense in representing different natural health companies uh, for and against Health Canada going all the way back to, I believe, 1994. And he is a brilliant mind when it comes to what is going on, what this means for Canadians and what you can do about it. So we'll bring him on after this video to discuss what is actually going on, what the risk is to yourself in relation to access to natural health products, and ultimately what you can do about it. So without further ado, we're going to watch a, a short video here where you're going to see a lot of mixed messaging. Some people for the bill, some people against the bill, but it identifies that there's a lot of confusion on all sides, whether for or against the bill. There's a lot of confusion about what this means. Herbal supplements, vitamins, minerals here in Canada, they're still all available. Um, but the bill you may be referring to is this bill they're trying to pass, which you could possibly help to uh, to stop if you go to saveoursupplements.ca and that would be your voice uh, to, the, to the government that would help to kind of hopefully stop this bill they're trying to pass. But this bill would make manufacturers of supplements pay an extraordinary amount for each product they have or products that they do want to bring to market. It would cost consumers a lot of money. You would see a lot of smaller companies kind of disappearing because 
they may not be able to produce the supplements they have or supplements they want to bring to market. So go to saveoursupplements.ca, fill out the information, does not take long, and that could possibly help to stop um, this problem we're having in the natural health industry here in Canada. But it hasn't passed yet, so right now you can still buy herbal supplements, vitamins, minerals, no problem here in Canada. Hey everyone, so I've been getting so many questions on what the new Health Canada regulations in terms of supplements mean for us Canadians and what we are going to be able to access come 2025. Obviously, those of us who are into holistic health, holistic medicine, we like the freedom to access supplements, to have access to a wide array and variety of supplements as well. The new Health Canada regulations are really going to put a wrench into this. So first thing I will say is the bill already passed, so the new regulations come into effect uh, in 2025. So that gives us just over a year, gives companies just over a year to really figure out what they're going to be doing. So what does this mean? Well, essentially the regulations that they have implemented for companies is just a lot more red tape. They have to jump through a lot more hoops and have to do a lot more work in terms of relabeling products to um, comply with the new Health Canada regulations. So this is not going to be feasible for a lot of supplement companies, especially small companies. What we are going to be seeing are a few things. First of all, if a company can go ahead and implement these changes, they're not going to be doing it across the board with their whole product line, so their SKUs are going to be reduced. We're going to have access to less products because it's not feasible for them to make the changes across the board. So we'll either see less supplements or we're gonna see a lot of companies just remove themselves from the Canadian market altogether, especially again, the smaller companies where they really just don't have the funds to go and repackage, relabel and do all of that. Um, another thing that we're going to see is companies not wanting to break into the Canadian space. So if there are some new innovative products and supplements and homeopathics and things like that, they're probably just not going to bring it into the Canadian market because there is so much more red tape and so again, so many more hoops they need to jump through. So they're going to go just to a US market or somewhere else. So it's going to limit our access to supplements. We're gonna have a hard time finding some supplements at all. And a lot of companies are just gonna be, unfortunately, either going under or just you know removing themselves from this market. So we are going to be feeling it. We're not gonna have access to supplements and remedies that we want, which is really frustrating. I just need to highlight that this is an email that was sent out by Cardish that Health Canada is proposing changes to the regulations for natural health products that will dramatically increase the cost, availability, and innovation of health products in Canada. Now is your time to start sending letters to your MP, speaking out and doing what you got to do to make sure that they're not going to heavily regulate it so that you can no longer get some of your best supplements and products that you actually need. It's either going to become too expensive to afford it or minimal availability if any at all this is not good news so really really need to rise up and fight against this before they try to make it a thing hi i'm a medical doctor and i also use the occasional natural supplement what is happening to supplements here in canada is that they are being brought under what's called vanessa's law now vanessa's law is a health canada regulation that basically states that if something bad happens or there is an adverse effect when somebody is taking a supplement there needs to be mandatory reporting from say the hospital where that adverse effect was found lots of things are already under vanessa's law in particular things like pharmaceutical medical devices and over-the-counter drugs essentially natural supplements are going to be held to the same standard as a pharmaceutical drug now if an adverse effect is found that might lead to, say, relabeling of natural supplements. 
they might be held to a higher standard than they currently are. And the supplement industry is frightened because that is going to reduce their bottom line. There are many, many supplements that have adverse effects that people grossly underestimate. And you should think to yourself, why is the supplement industry so against there being more information on the package? Don't you want more, not less? This woman has pushed my buttons one too far. I've gone ahead and blocked her to keep her the hell out of comment section on my other video. I purposely did not tag her in that video because I didn't want to throw any shade onto her. She is spreading misinformation about what changes are coming through to the supplement industry. As you can see here, laid out by Health Canada, all that they are doing is they're bringing the prices, so the, the pathway to licensing, there's going to be a little higher barrier to get into the supplement industry, and it's not out of line to other countries. In addition to that, supplements, vitamins, minerals, they're not going away. She is fear-mongering and spreading all sorts of misinformation. The government is not coming for your <laughs> supplements. People who spread information like this probably sell them. She is a naturopath, case in point. These changes to the supplement industry, there's a reason for them. And it's because more and more people are ending up in hospital. There needs to be better oversight. This is the way that Health Canada has chosen to get that oversight. They need to know when adverse events happen. This way, it's forcing the hand of doctors to ensure that Health Canada finds out when something goes wrong. And if it's one event, it's not going to be a big deal. But if Health Canada continues to see the same company and the same supplements showing up in the ERs time and time again, guess what's going to happen? Health Canada is not coming for your supplements. They are there to protect you. Everybody is always complaining that there needs to be government protection. This is it. It's here. This is not a bad thing. Welcome, Sean. Hey, glad to be here, David. All right. We just got done watching close to 10 minutes of video there. <clears throat> We got to see what took place over 15 years ago when the Canadian populace was alerted to what was going on with Bill C-51. We got to see how people responded back then. Today, uh, as I'd mentioned, they, you know, they slipped Bill C-47 under the radar as within the budget bill, they, they basically, you know, sandwiched in this other information regarding Health Canada and, and what they're able to do. And so I want to, you know, throughout this, um, this podcast here, I think we need to discuss what's going on out, out in the marketplace right now 
What are people's response? You're doing a lot of uh, discussion out there. Um, you're, you've been extremely busy, is my understanding, um, having discussions on a regular basis as to what's taking place with Bill C-47, what's taking place with the cost recovery measures that Health Canada is putting into play, and all of that. And I'm sure you're getting feedback, good and bad, as to what's taking place that coincides with, with the video that we just watched. Um, which we're going to revisit. We're, we'll, we'll discuss some of the, the, the highlights there. Uh, so just make mental note of, of some of the things that stood out to you that were um, grossly incorrect um, and uh, misleading in, in all of that. But um, what, what, what's your take on this? How do you feel that the Canadian, Canadian populace is currently receiving the message that you're putting out there in relation to trying to raise um, an alert to say, look, uh, things aren't so good. We need to do something about it. Well, I mean, first of all, David, let's acknowledge that actually some of these issues are a little complicated. So, you know, even Bill C-47, like people look at sections 500, 504, and they can't make heads or tails of it. And, and they don't see anything about a $5 million fine or new penalties or powers, for example, just to use that as an example. And I mean, even the idea of, you know, cost recovery, like unless you're going to read the fees for drug regulations and spend some time with them, you know, it's it's not really clear. And then Health Canada has been, you know, deliberately kind of opaque on the self-care framework. If you'll recall, they they traveled from, you know, city to city in 2017 doing these presentations, informing us these were non-negotiable changes and they had slides to explain the changes, but they, they don't publish those slides online. I mean, we took photos of them, so we've included them in our discussion papers. But, you know, they've been very clear, though, that the goal is full harmonization with chemical drugs. But it's, you know, I think we have to give some allowance for the fact that this, this is a, you know, there's some complicated issues. And then we also, you know, basically see what we want to see, don't we? So, you know, if you are against natural products and for a chemical drug industry, especially if you know you're paid to be a spokesperson, which, you know, there's a lot of them out there and, and you and I know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's actually like a whole army of people that are paid to, you know, slam natural products and to, you know, kind of support initiatives like Health Canada's doing. But just even ignoring those people, I mean, if you're, for whatever reason, and we all have different experiences, you're really pro-drug, pro-medical doctor, you may view these, this a different way and interpret things a different way and just simply be mistaken. So, I mean, first of all, we have to, we have to give some room for that. So I think, A, it's complicated. <clears throat> B, you can see these things differently. And C, we also have people that are just basically paid shrills to, you know, like, I'm watching some of this and I'm going, yes, pure misinformation. And I'm watching other and I, others and I just see some confusion. Exactly. And thank you for clarifying that. I mean, one, we do only see what we want to see, right? Or, mm -hmm. or what our paradigm allows us to, or what our worldview dictates that we should be seeing like, in all other... Like, you have to understand that you and I have had some experiences that are totally different than what most people have seen. So, I mean, I've, I've told the Strauss story several times, which was kind of my initiation, because before I acted as counsel for Health Canada, 
and then I ended up acting against them, against on, on the same herbalist. Well, not against them directly, but you know, the province was going after him. And I came to realize that actually thousands of Canadians, and I could identify them, were only alive because of access to, to the Strauss heart drops. You work for True Hope. I mean, when they were charged criminally and I was defending them, I called witness after witness about deaths being caused with Health Canada restricting access to Empower Plus for a short period of time. You know, including Ron Lajeunesse, the president of the Canadian Mental Health Association, who held press conferences every time there was a death of a Canadian Health um, or Mental Health Association member. So <clears throat> you and I are aware that actually there's a risk to restricting access to these products. And those that stand up and say, well, we need stricter regulations and we need, you know, more protection. And, you know, especially, oh, well, there's all these hospitalizations. Show me, show me the hospitalizations. I, I call bovine excrement on that one. So, you know, the, the reality is, is that the chemical drugs are so risky that from a public policy perspective, we should be doing everything we can to prevent any Canadian from taking a chemical drug, especially a, a prescribed one. So we should be doing everything we can. And yet it's, we do the opposite. We do everything we can to funnel them into that model and we privilege that model. And it's, it's literally our entire healthcare system, including medical training, is captured by that model. And if, there, if the pharmaceutical industry is not the largest funder of the mainstream media, then the largest funder is government, which privileges that industry. And the second largest funder is pharmaceutical companies. So what are we even talking about when we talk messaging? But their messaging will never talk about, well, is there a danger to reducing access? Because you increase regulations and drive products off the market or you increase costs, then fewer Canadians can access them. And you and I both are actually in the belief that the regulations we already have, which moved us halfway into the chemical drug model, have caused a number of deaths and a large amount of suffering. You can't convince me otherwise, and you mm -hmm. can't convince other people that understand the industry otherwise. You know, I was on a Twitter Spaces call, I think it was last week, and there was a practitioner on the call, Brett Hawes, who was saying, you know, well, he gets, he gets consulted by both Americans and Canadians. And, you know, so let's, let's say he's got an American and a Canadian and he, they're, they're going to get the exact same treatment protocol. Well, the Canadian is paying three to four times as much than the American. Now, <clears throat> what that does is it means that, you know, lower income Americans they're not locked in a chemical drug model. They can access natural health products to treat themselves. But lower income Canadians don't have that privilege. They're priced out of the markets. And the only difference is, is the regulatory structure. I mean, isn't it interesting, David, because nobody's saying that the United States is having a safety problem. Yeah. Well, we've classed our natural supplements as drugs They've classed them as foods. Mm -hmm. We've deemed them by law as illegal, and you have to get Health Canada's pre-approval, which is extremely costly and onerous, to be able to, to get permission to sell products. And the United States 
they don't need any government pre-approval. And in fact, when Congress was forced to look into how should we regulate natural health products, they call them dietary supplements, Congress concluded they were so safe that they created a legal presumption that they're safe. So, I mean, they've done the exact opposite as us. And so they've got a much more vibrant industry, you know, way more innovation. Like we used to be leaders in innovation and we'd come out with product after product that literally saved lives. And, you know, for people that were, you know, suffering terribly, you know, gave them complete, you know, remission or, or a standard of living that they couldn't, you know, can't or couldn't get with the chemical drugs. And yet here we're restricted. We've kind of, we've lost that. And our prices have just gone through the roofs. Well, if, if we need stricter regulations, then what you're saying is, is that the United States is just batshit crazy and that the way they're regulating natural supplements is completely reckless. Well, wait a second. We used to be exactly like them not long ago. For most of our lives, natural products for all intents and purposes were unregulated. You didn't get Canada's pre-approval because you couldn't. We had chemical drug regulations that you couldn't comply with, and no one pretended that they applied to natural health products until they became popular and started threatening pharmaceutical profits. But for most of your viewers' lifetime, almost every product they've accessed, except recently, was unregulated. Do you, were, do, did you feel like you were in danger when you walked into a health food store? I mean, you were having to step over all those bodies to get in. When you went to your naturopathic doctor, it must have been horrible you know, with the ambulances taking all the dead bodies out because somehow there was a problem with the products. When you go to the United States or order from the United States, do you feel there's a problem? Well, you don't. I'm being rhetorical because I, I, there's I, a problem. <laughs> They're not having a problem. You know, if anyone can point to me a single death, a credible death caused by a natural health product in all of Canadian, in all of Canadian history, let's say you can come up with 10, which you can't. Let's say you could come up with 20, which is like now we're just getting silly. Let's say you could come up with 30 in all of Canadian history, going back to 1867, caused by, let's say there's 70,000 natural products on the market. You show me 30 deaths in all of our history and the whole end, which you can't, it's just that's now fanciful. Well, then the whole industry is is dramatically safer than half a year of peanut butter use in Canada. Well, let, let, let's talk apples to apples here too. It's a whole lot safer than the 10,000 Canadians that died last year from properly prescribed medication. Well, this is the point. We should be doing everything we can to have people use models like natural health products rather than chemical drugs. But the other side never looks into the risk of restricting access. Mm -hmm. Let's like, talk about they, they avoid that and pretend that we have this risk that we just simply don't have. Right. As, as, as if we were on par with, with the drug model, because there is inherent risk. I mean, we know about the different medications. I mean, in our lifetime, there's been numerous recalls of medications because of an astronomical amount of deaths. We remember the Vioxx, you know, debacle from just about 20 years ago, you know, Celebrex, same thing, had to get removed off the market for a time, all that type of stuff. We, the thalidomide issue. And here, Health Canada is there to protect us, right? It, it was basically one of the closing statements there on that, that video. Health Canada is there to protect us. And yet they were one of the last 
countries to pull thalidomide after it was well established that there was a significant risk to consume. Yeah, and you know, and let's talk about that. So thalidomide was being prescribed to you know pregnant mothers, or uh, that's a double. I'm saying this: pregnant women. So, <laughs> so thalidomide was being prescribed during pregnancy to alleviate nausea. And it, and it was causing tremendous birth defects, you know, where you you born without arms and things like that. Well, you know, David, we've been using ginger tea to treat nausea effectively, what, for a thousand years, 2000 years, 3000 years. So you mean, we've been using ginger tea to treat nausea, literally, likely for thousands of years. I mean, I don't know, but like a long, long time safely. So do you mean we need like $5 million a day fines if somebody, you know, mislabels ginger tea or sells, heaven forbid, sells ginger tea for nausea without getting Health Canada's permission beforehand? How, how can it be that when we've used things for thousands of years or centuries, that all of a sudden in the very recent past, all of a sudden we now have to get Health Canada permission to use remedies that we've been freely using forever without a problem and remedies that we want to privilege so that people don't take thalidomide. Mm -hmm. If those mothers had been told to take ginger tea, they would have, you know, alleviated their nausea and there would have been zero birth defects and everyone knew it. Yep. Like, what are we doing? Why are we regulating ginger tea as if it's a dangerous chemical drug? Why are we regulating parsley as if it's a dangerous chemical drug? Why are we regulating turmeric as if it's a chemical? Like these are things in our food supply. We've gone mad. Yes, we have. But Indeed, we really haven't. Yes, just what we have is is we have privileging of a pharmaceutical model, and the logical consequence of allowing that to continue is full harmonization with natural products with the chemical drugs. And if you don't think we're going to lose almost all of our natural health products at the end of this, then I've got some oceanfront property in Saskatchewan, but not on the cold side of the ocean. It's the, you know, where those really warm currents come in. That's why we have palm trees there. So, and give me a call because we're, you know, one of the developers is distressed and the prices are good. <laughs> Let's talk about this a little bit deeper in relation to regulations, because one of the pacifying statements that was made at the end of that video was that it's on par with other countries. Now, obviously not the U.S., as you had clearly. No, so remarked. they're talking about the European. Listen, this is where we're going, the European model. I challenge anyone to find a health food store in a small European city. Well, let, let, here's, here's our personal experience. Empower Plus. Discovery Health does a full-length documentary publishes it in September of 2002. They translate it into multiple languages. They put it into 50 different countries. All of a sudden, we are selling internationally into, you know, in short order to over 105 countries. We got to see firsthand the hoops that people, desperate people that were looking for something to alleviate the debilitating effects of mental illness. The, the hoops they had to jump through to get it. So example, Germany, right? Western nation civilized right oh i want empower plus there i gotta go to my doctor to get a prescription for something that he knows nothing about before it is allowed across the border 
You're talking vitamins and minerals. You're talking vitamins and minerals that are over the counter. You can go to a health food store here. Although it was sure an adventure in babysitting for you guys to get a license. And even then you can't tell the truth. Mm -hmm. So, no, I mean, the, the European model, you go into the, if you're in a big city, you can find a health food store. They're, they're few and far between, but literally you have vitamins and minerals and some single ingredient products with labels that if you follow the label, they'll be really be of no effect. Much like many of our labels already in Canada. It's like, if you buy vitamin D and follow the label, like, what's the point? Right. Like, what's the point might as well not buy it and take it you need somebody to tell you to take way more for it to be meaningful in any way especially in the middle of winter when your reserves are down because we're in the northern hemisphere right so that's where we're going yeah that's where we're going (laughs) so yeah if if we want to if we want to reference other countries and that it's on par with that as if it's okay we need to see the detrimental effects that it's had on those countries on the people of those countries and having access to meaningful products because there are some serious hurdles. I, well, I was working a with another problem too. So you see, Canada used to be a common law country, and we've moved almost all of our regulatory environment in the last 30 years into a civil law model. So in, in and under the civil law model, basically the government has all the power and and then grants you privileges. It's not a right if the government has to grant it to you. It's a privilege. So in a civil law model, all products are illegal, and then there'll be an approved list. Mm-hmm. And you can only access what's on the approved list, like pretty well all of Europe, but England was under that model, and then they joined the EU, and they got messed up too. Yep. So, But under the common law, power rests in the people. Where it, it, The default is, is we can do whatever we want, but our elected representatives, you know, through agreement, will restrict our rights. So in the, in the common law model, you, you can access any remedy you want. And, you know, it's only when there's some reason then we would pass restrictions. So, you know, like our chemical pharmaceuticals, because the, the risk of that model is so high. I mean, the premise that, the chemical drug premise that, no, you, you can't just introduce a novel chemical into you know the human population without getting government permission where you have to prove safety and efficacy and then that the you know risks outweigh the or the benefits outweigh the risk well you know that's a pretty good legal starting point for a class of substances that are really dangerous but when we're talking about things in our food supply mm-hmm. that actually have tremendous therapeutic benefits that we've been using forever and a day without a problem, then all of a sudden that model is absolutely ridiculous, but it's a civil law model that's now been imposed on us. And in area after area after area in Canada, I mean, there's been this kind of silent, unseen legal revolution where we've gone from having the rights vested in the citizens to the rights vested in the state. And this is just, you know, another another area but it creates a really interesting philosophical problem because david when em power plus was in its initial stages and i mean i i know this is a fact because i called these people as witnesses in court when you know true hope was facing criminal charges for oh my gosh selling without a license well 
the whole industry didn't have a license. Like, so why out of, you know, back then there were more products on the market, like 80 to 90,000. Why EM Power Plus was singled out when no one had a license, but you were. And, and I interviewed countless number of witnesses and called them. And these were people that were in and out of the psych ward involuntarily. So, you know, you'd become manic and suicidal. And then because you're suicidal, you're involuntarily committed. They put you on a drug cocktail. You're so doped up that you're there for months. And then when you're released, you're still on 24-hour suicide watch. But, like, it doesn't really matter because you're drooling over yourself. And then when you finally acclimatize to the drugs, you're manic and suicidal again. And they recommit you and put you on another drug cocktail and rinse and repeat. And the lifespan of those people are, is less than five years. And so those people had no hope with the approved chemical drugs. Their life was a living hell, literally. And when they started taking EM Power Plus at the beginning, there weren't 35 published journal publications. All they knew was the truth. Here's why we made it. Here's the theory. Look at the people that are getting results. You're the guinea pigs. You're the test subjects. It's vitamins and minerals. What's wrong with people that have no hope Consenting adults being able to choose to take a vitamin and mineral supplement without government permission. Like, help me out here, because I'm missing something that people think it's okay that desperate people, that all the approved chemicals don't work, can't choose to take nutrition. Like, mm -hmm. this is out, that we even are having this discussion tells us that our system has been so seriously hijacked. That it's, it's like, think about it. We're having a discussion about restricting consenting adults who are facing a death sentence and their lives are held. Like when I was interviewing people to call, like these clients of True Hope for that criminal trial, I had a set of questions. I mean, a, a lawyer, before you start interviewing a class of witnesses, it's like, okay, here's what's relevant. Here's what I need. I have a list of questions. And a hundred percent of these people volunteered something I, I didn't would have never dawned on me to ask, but hundred percent, not a single one didn't share this with me, that when their supply of EM Power Plus was being threatened, because if it if EM Power Plus worked for them, they were normal, they were back at school, they were back working instead of being involuntarily committed in psych wards and then being on 24-hour suicide watch at home, they were normal people again. And every single one of them shared with me that they had a suicide plan. That before they got sick, while they were still rational adults, before they ran out, they had resolved that they would kill themselves rather than go back to the living hell that Health Canada placed them in with the chemical pharmaceutical drugs. That for them didn't work. They may work for others, but for them it didn't work. And anyone who tells me they didn't have the right to try nutrition to see if they could solve their problems, they know where they think I will tell them to go. Well said. Very, very well said. Thank you, Sean. And very passionate today, by the way, I have to say. Uh, you're on fire. You know, I'm just getting tired of people telling us that we have no control over our own bodies. Yeah. I, I, know, can, go, I can go buy alcohol and, 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 and destroy my liver. Uh, and become a burden to society and, and, and cost the medical care or the medical system substantial amounts, which is ultimately, I'm not costing the medical care or the medical system anything. 
I'm just stealing from taxpayers in essence by by being a burden now for, for my own health crisis that I have decided to, to make. I can go and, and smoke a bunch of tobacco and with all the nicotine and everything and I can I can tar up my lungs and then become a burden on society. And I have that right for some reason, even though through socialized medicine, I become a burden to everybody else by making those really poor choices and it's not coming out of my wallet directly. But yet I don't have the choice to say, you know what? I want these natural products. Natural products like what I'm ordering out of the States today because they used to be available in Canada, but they're not anymore. And me and my family have come to really enjoy the benefits of taking those natural supplements that have slowly been weeded out over the last 15 years. And so we still continue to order stuff from the US that is no longer accessible in Canada. And somehow I don't have that choice to make a good choice for me where I'm taking a proactive uh, approach to my health so that I'm not a burden to my family. I am the best father and husband that I can be um, based on, on what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm making sure that my children have somebody to play with and, and to do fun stuff with as I continue to age or slowly, slowly age, I guess, comparatively to the rest of society as, as, as they literally poison themselves. And yet I don't have the right to make those good choices that prevent me from being a burden to society. And yet I can go make the really horrible choices that causes a burden to everybody, which let's, let's look at economics here. That's the last thing that we need to be doing during an economic downturn, during an economic crisis is becoming even more burdensome and getting the medical system to have to tax more, or take more from the budget from taxpayers pockets and put uh, towards people that have decided to make really poor choices that they've been entitled to make here in Canada, but yet been restricted to make good choices. seems really backwards. Yeah, and, and just so you know, I mean, I was getting passionate about the EM Power Plus example because a lot of people died. Yeah. And yeah. it angers me that Health Canada killed people. They killed people and terrorized people. People died. And I think that is really the closing statement in relation to that end of the video that we saw where they're not there to take your supplements. They're there to protect you. We see all this stuff putting Health Canada up on this pedestal, but really um, they are not worthy of being put up on a pedestal for any of their actions. Whether we go back to the thalidomide issue, whether we go to different drugs being approved that shouldn't be approved. But David, you know they're not there to protect your health. Yes. So, you know, in the True Hope trial, we had a Health Canada inspector, one of many on the stand, and I thought I was going to box her in by asking her a bunch of, questions that she was going to answer yes to and then I would have a closing question she couldn't get out of and one of them was something to the effect you know as a health candidate inspector you're there to protect her health and I couldn't get her to agree and I keep circling around and then she finally truthfully explained under oath no health Canada is not there to protect your health it's there to enforce the food and drug act yeah well yeah. now that I know that well, obviously, that's what they're there to enforce the Food and Drug Act. They're basically the police for the Food and Drug Act. And the Food and Drug Act doesn't say anything about get good health outcomes. <clears throat> it doesn't say protect health. And anyone in the know who understands our drug regulations understands our drug regulations are there to protect intellectual property rights, i.e. they're there to protect pharmaceutical profits. We've made the decision. It's an intellectual properties act regulations is what it is. We've made the decision that it's only legal in Canada 
to treat serious health conditions with chemical drugs. It's a policy decision. That has nothing to do with health. Yeah. There's nothing to do with health. If we had disbanded Health Canada and demolished all of their buildings, we would likely have much better health outcomes. In, in fact, dramatically better health outcomes. You know that the food regulations are such a joke. You know, the fact that people rely, oh, well, these, you know, our food is, is regulated by Health Canada and, then, and our drugs. Well, they're regulated by Health Canada. So they don't actually look themselves and educate themselves. It's one of the biggest tragedies. If you think you can trust Health Canada to have safe food or safe drugs, wow. No. I mean, I, I like, wow. Well, good on you. No, it's, I mean, it is I, I, state. I can't get my head around that, but I, I've only been practicing law in the area for 29 years. <laughs> it, it is an unfortunate state where people put blind faith in the government and unfortunately um, reap the consequences for doing so. And the consequences inevitably and historically have always proven to be quite bad. I understand that, that you have a hard stop right away here that you got to jump off because mm. you're busy and you're jumping into another meeting. Um are you wanting me to let you go right now? I can I can continue on with this. I'm going to actually... I can give you about four more minutes. Fantastic. Now, I want to, as you're talking about this, and you're we're, we're still covering the topic of health, Canada is not there for your best interest. I'm going to share a screenshot that I shared um, last one, but it's so relevant that for those who didn't see the last podcast, it's so important that they see what Health Canada is all about. And this goes right back to the court case, wherein you were now cross-examining one of the Health Canada Health Canada um, uh, inspectors being Miles Brosu, and you get to see the sentiment, uh, internal sentiment of Health Canada and whether or not they're looking out for your, your, your best interest, your health, or uh, to enforce policy even at the cost of, of, of human life. So here we go. I'm going to share the screen here. And I've already got it highlighted there at the bottom. So this is you asking the question, and then we see the response, right? So Health Canada agent Miles Brosu was asked, so if you were sent a document showing that people were dying because of what Health Canada was doing, you would just ignore that because it's not a policy or directive. And then Miles Brosu answers, yes. So I think we get the, the message there when we take a look at that, um, that really... This this isn't about human life. And if they were aware that they were killing people through their actions, that they would ignore that. Well, and just, I mean, you know, the context of that was is in, in that case, you know, not only were there deaths, but I mean, Health Canada had advance notice there would be deaths and they had notice as deaths were happening that there were deaths. There was so much evidence in front of their face that they were acting reckless, but they didn't care because they're not there. As they made it clear in that trial, we're not there to protect your health. We're there to enforce the law and you were breaking the law. Let's just ignore that everyone else is breaking the law. Um, that, you know, it, it was shameless and shocking. And any any person that thinks Health Canada is there to protect them should read the court transcript. Do you see what Health Canada says under oath? When they, you know, there's penalties if they lie, you'll be shocked. You'll be shocked by every single inspector that took the stand, every single one. And, and so we're just talking court. Don't believe me. Read for yourself. The transcript's available online. Yep. So, and I do have to go, David, but 
I really appreciate being on your show and um, and bringing light to this issue. And you know, maybe we can have another show and talk about again, kind of well, what is happening with this self care framework. Yep. Um, because some of the people, especially the ones at the beginning of your video, they were kind of attributing what was happening to different mechanisms, but but still being correct about overall what's happening. And the effect of all of that will be is we really are going to lose most of our, our natural health products and be left with a truncated availability that will shock most of us and, and lead to very poor health outcomes. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Sean. I know you're a busy guy. I sure appreciate uh, the fact that, that you came on today. It's always good to see you again. Um, blessings to you as you continue to to share the truth and to enlighten people as to to what needs to take place. I know you you've got an action plan laid out on nhppa.org. Nh. Yeah, and, and also call, I'm calling on people because you know we've got a whole bunch of big initiatives, including you know setting up in all 338 ridings to empower people to join all political parties just to get them working for you. Like we, we need to peacefully take control of our institutions. And we're in the process of trying to hire a bunch of staff, but we don't have the funding and we need a monthly budget. You know, even if you can only afford 25, 50 bucks a month, we need literally just thousands of you in our, our website. We, you know, there's a way you can, you know, do monthly donations and get that set up. But please go to nhpp.org and start donating. Cause we passed that point where you can ignore calls like this support all the freedom groups, support, you know, David in his podcasting. I'm on podcast after podcast and these guys are struggling. And yet we only have any freedom and any realistic information because of them. And like, shame on you that all these people trying to help you are struggling. We're not a third world country. You got to start putting your money where your mouth is. Exactly. Awesome. Well, once again, it was an honor having you on. Thank you. God bless you. And um, you too, looking David. forward God to the bless. next one which I'm hoping will be soon. Thanks. Okay. Blessings. All right. So I'm going to encapsulate here. Uh, it was awesome having Sean on again. Sean and I go back uh, as an organization with True Hope. We go back now uh, 20 years uh, of incredible experience, as he's mentioning. Experience that really highlights what the intentions of Health Canada truly are. And whether or not they're looking out for our best interests, whether or not they're actually looking out for our health to ensure that we're healthy. And, and when we take a look at the model in which they've helped to monopolize being the allopathic or pharmaceutical or petroleum based medication model, we see the detrimental impact that it's had on our overall health. Because if a treatment is effective, you're going to see over time that there's going to be a reduction in disease. And yet, when we take a look at it, from the 1970s on, disease has only continually risen, decade after decade after decade, consistently. And so clearly the model is not working. And so the question needs to be posed, why is it that Health Canada would seek to restrict access to the natural products that we've had for thousands of years and prevent you from having access to them. So let's talk about it real quickly here. Bill C-47, the first video said it hasn't passed yet. It surely has passed. It passed in June. That's what really recategorizes what our natural supplements are going to fall under. 
it's what opens the door to being held to the same level of scrutiny as the pharmaceutical industry that provides dangerous medications. Medications that if not taken properly can kill you. And even if they are taken properly will result in 10,000 deaths per year in Canada or 100,000 deaths per year in the US. Over 100,000 deaths every year from properly prescribed medications within North America alone. And so it is not fair. It doesn't make sense that you would have the natural health industry fall under that same level of scrutiny with all of the costs associated because you need to understand these are not patentable products. There isn't a lucrative element to the natural health industry, whereas there's an extremely lucrative element to the pharmaceutical industry where products that are costing 10, 15, 20 cents to make. This is after the initial research and all that and, and, and studies to get it out. But once it's in the marketplace, it's costing dimes to make and yet it's selling for three, $400 per bottle. We're talking about massive, uh, the ability for massive, massive markups during the time period in which they have the patent before the generic medications come out to compete. It is not the same playing field. It will not work to have natural health supplements contained within the same framework as petroleum-based medications that are highly lucrative and highly dangerous. It makes no sense at all. And as Sean was mentioning, show me the bodies in essence, right? Where are all the bodies? You know, 10, 20, 30 deaths, where are they? There isn't the documented deaths from natural health products in Canada. And it's not because people weren't documenting them, it's because there's nothing to document. That's the issue. And you wanna know that it is in the interest of certain parties to ensure that they would document them if the deaths were actually there, but they're not. So Bill C-47 is already in play. The cost recovery aspect, which has unfortunately shrouded the entirety of what's going on. Many people think, oh, this is just gonna increase the cost of, of natural health products. We'll no longer have access to them because it'll be too expensive. Some products will, you know, companies won't be able to afford to put them out or they'll, they'll still be in the marketplace and maybe the, the general populace won't be able to afford purchasing those products now. That's best case scenario. That is going to happen. It's already been pushed through. It's being pushed through. It's not yet in effect. It's not impacting us yet, but it's just around the corner. And that's best case scenario if that was the only thing to happen. But there is other things. There's the labeling requirements, There's the which is part of the Vanessa's Law aspect of it, which was due to somebody dying from, or not somebody, a, a girl by the name of Vanessa died um, from a medication, from a pharmaceutical medication and which it incited um, something to take place where and now there's gonna be proper labeling taking place to pharmaceutical medications. That's been in play for quite some time now. It doesn't apply to natural products. Nobody's dying from the natural products. In fact, it's preserving life. It's improving the quality of life. It's improving the longevity of life. It's preventing deaths. It's on the opposite end of the spectrum than pharmaceutical medications. And yet, we're gonna treat them as if they were pharmaceutical medications. We're going to weed out all the companies that aren't doing that well financially. We're gonna weed out a lot of the US-based companies, and this has already actually happened. What I'm referring to is, I used to do a lot of ordering. 
I still actually do some ordering through the company, but I used to do a lot more of ordering through a particular company that acted as a distributor. And they acted as a distributor for many US-based companies that had fantastic products. And I'd order directly from them. Well, come about 12 years ago, all of a sudden, it was down to like less than half product of the amount of products. No, no joke. Because all of the US-based companies that they were distributing for pulled out of the market. They said, you know what? It's not worth our time. It's not worth our money to jump through the Health Canada hoops for such a small demographic. We have the whole US available to us. It's more profitable to do this. We're not wasting our time on this small market to cater to Health Canada's requirements. And so they just pulled out. So what you see in the second uh, the second video there out of that compilation is um, the lady speaking about how many companies are just going to back out. Well, it's already been happening. So she's absolutely correct because it's going to happen more now that they're trying to get cost recovery to take place because when they put all of these regulations in place, it costs the government a certain level of money. It actually didn't cost the government anything. It costs the taxpayers. It costed you money to implement their regulatory processes, which are highly inefficient and not needed. And so now they're saying, you know what? We're going to put the cost onto you, the supplement manufacturer, for the regulations that we have put into play. Which, once again, it's not going to cost the supplement company anything. They either pull out or they increase their prices, and you as the consumer are left with the bill. You as the consumer are the one that suffers. So rather than now paying it through tax, you're paying it through increased cost of products. It's absolutely egregious and it won't work. It's not in the interest of Canadians. It's not in the interest of their, their health. And so we need to understand what's going on here, that there is a high level of risk right now. We've already been through it. We've incited those protests back in the first clip that we showed here. This, this podcast started off with a news clip from over 15 years ago that highlighted that there was major protests or there was protests in these major cities. They only covered a, they scratched the surface on it. There was protests in almost every major city across Canada regarding the Stop C-51 campaign. True Hope is the one, as an organization, I recall even staying you know, to the office until four in the morning, having these emergency meetings. How do we deal with this crisis that Health Canada is bringing forward? How do we ensure that our products, as well as other products, are made available to those who want them? And we came up with the Stop C-51 campaign. We did that branding. We disseminated it. We saw the division within the natural health community. We saw how there was literal infiltrators, Trojan horses, if you will, waiting, lying in wait to create division and prevent a forward movement of ensuring freedom of access to these products. Interestingly, the CHFA, you've probably heard of what they're doing, the SOS campaign, saveoursupplements.ca, that is them. They came out with a sideline message and they put themselves at odds with us. We were enemies with them for many years. It's actually a shock that we would find ourselves about a decade later, myself presenting at the CHFA uh, conventions, as well as, uh, you know, us showcasing at a booth there. Not sure how things uh, got buttered up enough there for us to for them to let us in, but they were our, our enemy in relation to preventing the truth from coming out and twisting the truth to try to pacify the public. And unfortunately, it appears that there's still a great level of controlled opposition out there across the board 
that is there to pacify you and say, nothing to see here. Don't worry about it. It's okay. You got your products right now. You can still go to the health food store. No need for action. There's a need for action. So I encourage you, go to nhppa.org and see what they have to offer in relation to an action plan, as Sean uh, Buckley had um, articulated as well. There is prudence, if finances dictate, to stock up on the supplements that you enjoy, to stock up on the supplements that you've come to rely on, you, your family, your children, because the fact of the matter is, is that we don't know exactly where this goes and how quickly it goes. Because even before Bill C-47 was implemented, before that even took place, a month before that, at True Hope, we already had to start making changes. And what you're going to see here is our science and research page. And when you take a look at it, it's interesting. You're going to see a video of me there. And what you're going to see... If you were to listen to the video, I'm talking about basically what I'm going to be talking to you right now, is that Health Canada, Health Canada came in and said, you can't share those studies with the general public. That's not acceptable. We didn't approve the messages uh, or the information that's found within those studies. These are independent studies from across the world, many of them coming out of Canada, some of them coming out of the U.S., Some of them coming out of um, New Zealand. These are independent studies that have shown that proper and powerful, very bioavailable micronutrient supplementation, properly balanced vitamins and minerals in a form that you can actually absorb, can radically transform lives, turn around the issues, the bipolar, the depression, the very things that I'm saying right now, Health Canada doesn't approve of. And so when we take a look at it, we had to censor those those abstracts. You can no longer read those on our Canadian website because Health Canada said so. 35 different medical journal publications, all censored. This, if allowed to continue on, doesn't end well. And this is why it's prudent that we rise up that we make our voices heard. Because if we don't, then we know what the outcome is. If we do, then we operate on a level of faith, hoping that things will turn around and that you'll still have continued access to the empowering, life-saving supplements that you've come to rely on throughout your life. Let us do the right thing. Let's rise up today so that we can tell our children, our grandchildren, that we did what we knew was our duty, rather than saying we stood by idly and watched the erosion of the country that we live in. Until next time, may God bless us all. Thank you for watching episode 132 of TrueCast. We will be talking about this subject more. Stay tuned and thank you.